being moved with compassion. Being moved with compassion. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now you'll find people rarely look at God as a God of compassion, but that's what he is. Amen? God is extremely compassionate towards people. And you'll see it throughout the Old Testament where it was compassion. It was the compassion of God that would constantly, that would constantly deliver those rebellious people, those hard-headed people, time and time again. He was always moved with compassion towards his people. Come on, say amen, somebody. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 33, verse 17. Exodus chapter 33, verse 17. For those of you going through your B-I-B-L-E, amen, I'll give you time to get there. Exodus 33, 17. Now here Moses has asked God a series of questions because he was one of those inquiring minds wants to know. Come on, say amen, somebody. He had such a relationship with God that he wasn't ashamed or afraid to ask God anything. Amen? So in this passage, he was bringing back to God's remembrance that God told him, I know you by your name, and you found grace in my sight. And he was saying to God, he was saying, God, if you know me by name, and I found grace in your sight, then prove it. Are you with me out there? Because he was asking, what was he doing? He was asking God about the fate of this nation because they had become real stupid at this time. And he wanted to know what was going to become of them because they had just, you know, built that molten calf when Moses is up there on the mountain. And he's in the glory of God. And they was out there. They, they didn't think he's coming back. Amen. So they figured God wasn't with them anymore. So they built this molten calf. And Moses was saying, what am I going to do with these people? So here in verse 17, and the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast what? Found grace in my sight. And I what? And I know thee by what name? In other words, I didn't stutter Moses. And I'm going to say it to you again. You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Come on, say amen, somebody. And then Moses added something in here. Now that he got God's attention. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. He said, I might as well go for it. Why? Because I got his attention. Just like your kids, they go for it when you're in that giving mood. Come on, you in that bless me mode? Come on, you know, let's go to the store and let's buy something. And they start saying, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, until you tell them that's enough. But they'll keep going until you tell them to stop. And that's the way Moses was here. He said, I might as well go for it. So he said, I beseech you, show me your glory. Why not? If God said, I'll do this thing that thou hast spoken, I might as well ask for something else. Why I'm at it. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he says, show me your glory while you're at it. Now look at God's response in verse 19. And he said, this is God speaking. He said, I will make my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will what? Show mercy. Now, let me read this from the New King James Version. The New King James Version reads it this way. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass be what? 
before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. But then he says, I will have compassion. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. He said, I will have compassion to whom I will have what? Have compassion. And I really like what Adam Clark's commentary said on this scripture when he talked about this passage. This is what Adam Clark said. It says, he says to Moses, I will have mercy. And the words of God to Moses in Exodus 33, 19 show that God has a right to dispense his blessing as he pleases. For after he had declared that he would spare the Jews of old <coughs> and continue them in a relation to as of his peculiar people, when they had deserved to have been cut off for their idolatry, he said, I will make my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will have mercy whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion whom I will have compassion, as if he had said, I will make such a display of my perfections as shall convince you that my nature is kind. As to convince you my nature is, be is beneficent. Come on, say amen, somebody. But I know that I am not a debtor to none of my creatures. <coughs> In other words, God said, I don't, need, I don't owe you nothing. He says, my benefits and my blessings are merely from my own good will. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. <coughs> from my what? From my own good will. Nor, and then she goes on to say, nor can any people, much less a rebellious people, challenge them as their due injustice or equity. For therefore I now spare the Jews, not because either you who intercede for them or, then, or they themselves have claim upon my favor, but by my own free and sovereign grace, I choose to show them mercy and compassion. Come on, say amen, somebody. God chooses to do what? To show you mercy and what? Compassion. Because why? God is a God of compassion. Come on, say it. God is a what? God of what? Compassion. And like it says in this commentary, compassion is one of the attributes of grace, God's unmerited favor. And when you'll find throughout the Old Testament, even though God was a God of compassion, in the Old Testament, they took his compassion for granted. And the psalmist talks about that in Psalm 78.1. Turn to me, please. And a lot of times we take, <coughs> we take God's compassion for granted. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you'll see it in this psalm, Psalm 78. you see it throughout this psalm. We're going to read a lot of it. Verse 1, it says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Listen to him now. He said, Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. He said, I will open my mouth in a what? Parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which you have heard, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have what? Told us. It says, we will not hide from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known and that the generation to come might what? Know them, even the children which should be born, 
who shall what? Arise and declare them to their children. In other words, he said, we should let our children know that God is a God of compassion. And they'll tell their children that God's a God of compassion. Come on, a God of compassion. And it goes on and on, generation after generation. And then he tells us in verse 19, verse 7 rather, amen, that they might what? <coughs> Set their hope in who? God. You mean to tell me when I tell my children that God's a God of compassion, what am I doing for them? I'm making sure that they set their hope in God and not in me. Come on, say amen, somebody. And not forget the works of who? God. Not the works of me, but the works of who? God. But keep his what? Commandments. And might not as be their fathers. Might not be as their fathers. Might not be as their fathers. Might not be as their mothers. Might not be as their family. <coughs> Come on, their heathen family. Come on, say amen, somebody. Might not be as their fathers, a stubborn what? And rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not what? Steadfast with God. Then he gives us an example of when children don't know the works of God in their family's lives. He says in verse 9, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They ran. They kept not the what? Covenant of God and refused to walk in his laws. And what? And forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt and the field of Zon. Evidently something went wrong here. They must not have really expressed the goodness of God and all that he did for them for them to turn back from God. There had to be a disconnect somewhere. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then it goes on to say what God did for them. He defied the sea. He caused them to fast through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also, he led them with a what? Cloud. And at night with a what? Light of fire. I mean, he's telling them the works of God. He brought them streams also out of a what? Rock, verse 16. Well, I'll skip verse 15. He cleared the rocks in the wilderness and gave them what? Drank as out of a great depth. I mean, water was continually flowing for them. He brought streams also out of a rock and caused water to run down like rivers. But look at verse 17. Now, you would think they would be grateful. You would think they would turn their heart around. But it says they sinned. Yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. In other words, they took him for granted. And they didn't recognize his goodness towards them. Then it says in verse 18, and they tempted God in their what? They tempted God where? In their heart by asking meat for their what? Their lust. Yeah, they spake against God and they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote a rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Well, where's the bread? Come on, can he give us bread? Can he provide flesh? I mean, we need, we need water supposed to wash down something. Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore, the Lord did what? Heard this and was what? And was wroth. 
So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel. Because why? They believed not in God and trusted not in his what? Salvation. Listen, even though they didn't even, they didn't even believe in God, it didn't stop God from being who he was. And that is God is still a good God in spite of you. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And it says in verse 23, though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat. Look at the things God did for them. And had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. Come on. He sent them meat to the fall, to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power, he brought in the south wind just to cool them off. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathers fowls like as the sand of the sea, and he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitation. In other words, they had food everywhere. And it says that he, they were not estranged from their lust. For while their meat was yet in their mouths, even though he was giving them more than enough, they still craved for more. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because that's what greed does. So it says in verse 31, the wrath of God came upon them and did what? <coughs> Slew the fattest of them and smote them to what? The chosen men of Israel. In other words, remember now, this is how God dealt with them under the old covenant. Thank God he ain't going to deal with us the right way. Come on, say amen, somebody. Verse 32, for all this they what? They still sinned and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore, their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then, he, then they sought him. And they returned and inquired early after God. I guess so. And they remembered that God was their what? Rock. And the high God their what? Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. And they lied unto him with their tongues. Come on, you want to go back in time and smack them yourself. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Just a line up. I want to smack all y'all. Come on. Say amen, somebody. Amen. And it says, for their heart was not right with him, neither were they what? Steadfast in his covenant. But, 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 he being what? Full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, and destroyed them not yet many a time. Turned he away his what? Anger away and did not what? Stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were all but flesh. A wind that passes away and cometh not again. Think about it. How many times has God turned away his anger towards you? And, dare not, and did not stare for his wrath because he's full of compassion. And he forgave you and he allowed you to live. Come on, think about it. Think about all the times God delivered you and you didn't even know it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Psalm 68, Psalm 86, 15. <clears throat> Why? He's a God full of what? Compassion. 
Many times he's turned his wrath away from you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Psalms 86.15. It says, but thou, O Lord, art a God what? Full of what? Full of what? Compassionate and what? Gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous, and mercy and truth. Somebody say, God is full of compassion towards me. Look at Psalms 112, verse 4. Unto the upright there rises light in the what? Darkness. He is gracious and full of what? Full of what? Evidently, they knew something about God. They knew and understood God was a God full of what? Compassion and righteous. He did everything right. Look at Psalms 145.8. says, the Lord is what? Gracious and full of what? Compassion, slow to anger, and of what? Great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are what? Over all of his works. The Lord is gracious and what? Full of what? Compassion. Full of compassion, meaning wherever he sees misery, his eyes affect his heart. You hear what I just said? Wherever he sees misery, his eyes affect his heart. Oh, come on. Then it goes on to say, he slowed to anger and of what? Great mercy. See, many would have us to believe that if you mess up one time, God is right there ready to pour out his wrath upon you, hit you upside the head with his homie bat. Come on, say amen, somebody. And God forbid if you do it twice. They say, oh, you in trouble now. Come on, say amen. But God is a God of what? Compassion. It says here, it takes a lot to get God angry. Why? Because he's a God of great mercy. He's a God of what? Great mercy. He's a God of great loving kindness. God loves you in spite of yourself. That's what mercy means. He's a loving, kind God. And it says, Lord is good to all. In other words, God is good to the sinner as well as to the righteous. Because why? He's a good God all the time. Come on, he's a good God all the time. Tell your neighbor, he's a good God all the time. And see, many times... God has moved with compassion on our behalf. And we didn't even notice it or acknowledge it just like the children of Israel. Come on, say amen, somebody. Think about the times you were in situations that you got yourself into. But somehow you got out of it. Somehow somebody showed up in the nick of time. Somehow. Something changed their feeling towards you and your request was granted. Somehow, some way, the money was manifested. Somehow, some way, the favor was manifested. Somehow, some way, that door was opened up or that door was closed, but it was all on your behalf and for your benefit. Somehow, somehow, that was the compassion of God. Come on, let's go back to B.C. Before Christ. Come on, say amen, somebody. I know there were times in my life 
that I put myself in dangerous situations. Come on, because I thought I was all that and some. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen, amen. Come on, I'm one by myself. So come on, say amen with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I was in places where they were shooting up the place. And all the time, I thought it was my street knowledge. Come on. And my infinite wisdom, amen, was what got me out. But as time goes on, you start looking back. You start looking back on all the things, all the dumb things you were involved in. All the places you knew you had no business being in. And there was at any time the devil could have took you out. Now you go back and you realize it was only the God of compassion that delivered you time and time and time and time and time again. Come on, say I remember I was driving home from a club. I was drunk as a skunk. Don't be acting like y'all are holy or sanctimonious. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I know my car had to have flipped all the way over. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because all four of my tires were blown out. I got on my car unscratched. My car didn't even have a scratch on it. But all four of my tires were blown out. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And on top of that, you know, in Detroit, they have those mediums that they design so when you hit them, it's supposed to make sure you don't go into the other lane. So evidently, my car hit that medium and flipped all the way over. I ended up on the side of the street, off the street, with all four tires blown out. You can't tell me. It's too late to tell me that my God is not a God of compassion and I was a stone heathen. And I'm alive today because of the compassion of God. That's why the psalmist says in Psalms 11.4, 111, 111 verse 4. Psalmist says, he has made his wonderful works to be what? To be remembered. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious. <laughs> the Lord is gracious. What? He's gracious in doing what he does. Because he does it, listen, he doesn't do it because he has to. He does it because of who he is. And he's full of what? Compassion. But it says he has made his wonderful works to be remembered. See, God will have you remember some things in your past that you know 
that you know was just stone crazy. Come on, say amen, somebody. You know it. You know you should have been dead a long time ago. You know you should only have one leg, one arm. And be out your mind from all the drugs and drinking you did. Come on. I go, yeah, I'm with it. Okay, see, ya. I'm a, I, I guess I'm with the wrong crowd. This is the holy, sanctimonious crowd. <laughs> but you're alive today. You're well today. You're walking today. You're talking today. Your limbs are moving today. Come on, because God, the Lord, of, he's gracious and he's full of compassion. Somebody stay, say, thank God for his compassion. The Lord knows we've done some stupid things in our lives. What would we have done if it wasn't for the compassion of God? Oh, you think about it. Come on, all the promiscuity we had out there. Most of us would be have AIDS and everything else. Come on. I'm preaching good in here. Hallelujah. God's a God of compassion. God's a God of what? Compassion. I thank God for his compassion. Oh, come on. I just, I, I just got to stop and thank you, Lord. Because <laughs> I know that you are God of compassion. Hallelujah. I know our witnesses in my life how compassionate God has been towards me, even when I wasn't even thinking about him. Well, let's look at the word compassion, this word compassion, so we can get a better understanding of what it means when it says God is full of compassion. See, the Bible mentions bowels of compassion. Somebody say bowels of compassion. What are your bowels? Your bowels are your intestines. Come on. Come on. It's the elementary canal right below your stomach. I mean, it's right here. Somebody say right here. Come on, put it, put it, put it where it's, put it, come on, put your hand down there. It says right here. Now, the Jews esteemed the bowels to be the seat of sympathy and the tender passions. That's why they use intestines in this sense. And according to Homer's Bible Dictionary, compassion means to feel passion with someone. And it means to enter sympathetically into their sorrows and pain. Hear what I just said. It means to enter sympathetically into their sorrows and pain. It means to regret. It means to be sorry for. It means to grieve over. It means to spare someone. According to Adam Claus' commentary in the New Testament, it means to draw from the whole intestinal canal. I mean, you're going deep. Come on, say amen, somebody. It says your intestines being affected and agitated with the sight of a distress or miserable object. And it talks about pity increases this motion of the bowels and it produces considerable pain. To have the bowels move signifies to feel pity or compassion at seeing the miseries of others. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> when down on the inside, 
Some of you know what I'm talking about. Where there's a yearning for that person's situations to change. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a yearning in your bowels to reach out and help that person in need regardless of how they got there. And sometimes you're sensing in prayer where you sense a yearning on the inside of you towards someone where you actually, you actually feel yourself entering in sympathetically into their sorrow and to their pain. And you feel their pain. You feel their sorrow. You feel it all the way down in your bowels. Come on, say amen, somebody. But look at 2 Kings 13, 23. See, you know that feeling. Anybody know that feeling? Come on, anybody ever yearned for somebody and you felt it all the way down here in your bowels to the point where you even hurt for them? 2 Kings 13, 23, where it says, The Lord was gracious unto them and had what? Compassion on them and had respect unto them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and would not destroy them, neither cast he, he cast he them from his presence as yet. In other words, his bowels yearned for them. He felt for them. He sympathized with them in their distresses. See, God will have compassion on someone else because, just because you have a covenant with him. And see, you just don't know how important you are to God. And you don't know how important you are to other people. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Jeremiah 31, 20. He says, is Ephraim, my dear son, is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do what? Earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my what? My what? My bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him. Saith who? Saith the Lord. He says, my bowels, my intestines yearn from him. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, you may have those yearning every now and then. But it says God is full of this yearning for you. He's full of it. He enters sympathetically in your sorrow. He enters sympathetically with your pain. It pains God to see you in pain. The very bowels of God moves in compassion towards you because of his love he has towards you. See, sometimes we don't, we, sometimes we seem, we get distant and say, God, you just don't know what I'm going through. Not realizing God feels what you feel. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. When you hurt, God's hurting with you. When you're in pain, God's in pain with you. And his bowels of compassion. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, he's yearning to make you better. He's, he's yearning to turn your situation around. Come on, say amen, somebody. But the sad thing about it, many times we don't recognize the compassion he shows towards us each and every day. We don't recognize the yearning God has for us just to do better, to act better, to behave better, to have better. To feel better. Come on, he's gracious and full of what? 
Grace is full of what? Compassion. Come on. See, you can't tell God who to bless. And you can't tell God who not to bless. Come on, say amen, somebody. He'll have compassion on who he wants to have compassion on. Because why? That's what grace is all about, folks. Compassion is a major part of grace, the grace of God. See, he doesn't do things for you because he owes you something. He does it because he's just a good God. And he has a heart of compassion. He chooses to be gracious towards you, even though you're not gracious towards him. He chooses to be full of compassion towards you, even though at times you don't even think about him. But yet, it doesn't change who he is. He will always be a God of compassion. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, you know, come on, just think about the times that God has delivered you. The times. That you know, that you know, that you know, that if it wasn't for the compassion of God, you would not be sitting in that blue chair right now today. Hallelujah. Because he was moved with what? Compassion towards you. Because God is full of compassion. Father, we thank and we praise you and we glorify you. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to worship him. Begin to glorify him. Come on, begin to magnify the God of compassion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My daddy has a, is full of compassion, folks. Don't ever think anything other than of God, but that God is a God of compassion and a God of love, and he has a soft heart towards you. He's always thinking about you. Hallelujah. And he yearns to make your life better. He yearns to turn your situation around. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. You are so good to us, Lord. Full of compassion. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor, Lord. We give you praise, O oh Lord. For you are such an awesome God. Your God, that's more than enough, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, the God of compassion is in this room. Come on, his compassion is in this room. He's moved with compassion. 
His bowels are earning with compassion towards you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. The God of compassion is here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to find out later on. Every time Jesus got ready to heal somebody, he was moved. God is moving compassion tonight. So if you need healing in your body, I need you to come on down. 